You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I know you guys are in it because you sent me lots of questions for today's guest who is going to be in my hot seat. We have so much to chat about. I've been a big fan of hers and I can't wait to dive in. But first, I hope everybody is sipping on some fizzy housewives inspired rosé for yourself. It is my no filter wine packing a punch at 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. So we can have all the indulgences tonight without the headache tomorrow. You can stock up at nofilterwine.com. Head over to nofilterwine.com. Today, I've got out, cut back my drinking or what? Inspired by Real Houses of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane. So stock up at nofilterwine.com. And don't forget to snag your new Zach and Adam Spilling Tea Live merch. Today is the last day. This Wednesday is the last day, March 16th, to order your merch. So head over to spillingteelive.com to get your merch just in time for next month's shows. All right. I am very excited because today's guest always brings the heat every season. She has kept things extra spicy on Bravo. She's the co-host of Till the Dirt podcast. Please welcome from Shaws of Sunset, the one and only MJ. Oh my God, you're so cute. First of all, well done on that promo. It was not easy, but you make it look easy. Thank you, my love. How are you? So can we talk about what nobody knows that we're on, they're only going to know because we are, we're telling them right now about what happened right before the show. Yes, please. Okay. So first of all, be honest with me. Are you annoyed with me? Um, because maybe you had a doctor's appointment like an hour after this. Just tell me the truth. It's okay. Okay. I did you have a doctor's. App- I did have a doctor's appointment after this to get to make sure my pregnancy test was actually negative <laughs> and not positive. Um, no, I ha- I had another guest that luckily was able to uh, um, asked if we can push back, and I was like, oh, perfect. So it actually the universe worked out for us, MJ. Well, okay. So I had to first of all. I'm a mom with yes. no nanny and I'm proud of it. Okay. And I'm not just, it's not about like, Oh, all of a sudden let's start some other drama for anyone who needs a nanny. Of course people do. It's a necessity. Right. Um, but this morning my mom had a brand new dishwasher delivered to WeHo where she resides. And I am over here in the basses where I reside. And all of a sudden um, I'm just going to go ahead and drag Lowe's because they didn't give me a heads up. And so here I am. My husband, he works down the hall so he can hear everything I do wrong. And he is like judging every second of it. He'll, he's basically going to say, you're always late, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, I was helping facilitate my mom. Like, so shout out to all the people who take care of their family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not easy. And so within the, um, you know, first of all, it's very Persian and I hope that it's every culture that people just look out for their moms and dads and family and cousins and like, make sure that when, you know, 
whatever. You know what I mean. Do I you know, know what you like, mean. Yeah, no, family I mean, is the most important thing to me. So if anybody gets it, I get it. And I'm, you know, one of the ones in my family that really makes sure, you know, we, we keep everything go we keep the train moving which it sounds like that's the role that you play in your family is you keep the train moving because you know there are some stragglers and there's always some sort of mess that you got to clean up and who looks to you everybody looks to you because they know mj is going to be the one to clean it up i get it so i think so it's definitely like it's it's funny like tommy and my mom butt heads so much but they still love each other so yeah how are you and Tommy doing? I see you have this new podcast. You just launched your new YouTube channel. Yes. So um, the YouTube channel comes out with new content every Tuesday and Thursday at, um, I think it's 2 p.m. Pacific time. And um, what's the way that, like, you know what, Zach, like when you're in a relationship with a man that you are also in love with, but also you have the very real life of working from home all day long. We don't get a break from each other. And he's constantly reminding me of that. So every time I'll be like, Hey babe, shouldn't we have some quality time together? He'll be like, babe, we like are never more than 10 feet apart from each other. And I resent the shit out of that. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, me and Tommy, however, there will be like something that comes up on the podcast and he'll say, you know what, now that I'm talking about it on the pod, I realized that like, I didn't think about it from your perspective. And I'm like sitting here thinking, well, you know what, that's a beautiful thing. If we're sharing stuff that we go through and then we hear it and it helps us out. And then like, there's people at home that are also like, you know, I just feel like my BFFs, my best friends in my head, you know, shout out Wendy Williams. I love her. Um, But like my best friends in my head are people that I listen to. Like when, if I tune into you, you're like part of my lifeline. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I really love doing the pod with him because it's such a fun way to like throw um, it's therapeutic. First of all, to like talk about issues that, we wouldn't necessarily talk about in like IRL, but like, because we're doing a project together, like all of a sudden, yeah, we're like helping. Yeah, You're forced to face it and go through it together. And I imagine that the people listening also get to learn those lessons with you leading by example. I know for myself, I'm always like, I'm willing to look like an idiot and throw it all out on the table. And if you can laugh at it, great. If you can learn something from it, great. But I'm willing to, you know, just kind of put it all out there. And I feel like you guys are very much the same way. Yeah, you have to become best friends with your partner when you're on you know, like in this kind of situation, like you're, you should always marry your best friend, but then people take that the wrong way and say like, that means you're not having passion, but like, no, we, it's, it's, it's really cool. Just like getting ready to talk to you this morning and having like a real day and being where we are in the world. It's just really important to pay attention to like your surroundings. We'll just put it like that. What would you say has changed most about your relationship since having a a child together? This is everyone. When you have a baby and you obviously assuming that you love your baby (laughs) (laughs) and that you care about being a hands-on present parent, um, everything is baby first. 
And like, imagine when like you were in love when you were 16, like your first love and like you could never handle being away from that person. And every second that you were away from that person, you were like on your phone texting that person and like your parents are like grossed out by how much you're into like that other person. And they're like, get a life, dude. You, that's what my dad would say when I, for my first love, he would be like, get a life. All you do is hang out with him. Like you can't be away from him, girl, get your life back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, there's nothing I could do about it. So like, that's what happens when you have a kid, like you're, you're one and only becomes that. So um, since my, when my, when Tommy and I, got married. We then got pregnant less than four months later. And then he, his company sold for, um, uh, to like move to another state. And then in the last couple of years, like Tommy has take very much taken over like the car general in our household where like now he started a book foundation and now he's, you know, spearheaded the YouTube and like the, all of the things that are the building blocks of like who we are. And like, the pod we were wanting to do for so long and we did it started until we found the right producer. So, you know, like we're very much more like business. And I personally think like the love is there, but like you have to only see it like when you pass by each other in the hallway, like he'll like come up and like, you know, tap me on the ass and then he'll go back to the office. So like, that's like the quality time that we get. <laughs> that's kind of it, so you know? And then like the big, yeah. Is working together now, does that make the relationship a little more challenging? Because now that's like an added layer of like, you know, things you have to run together in addition to the family and the household and the relationship. 100%. I mean, working together is not ideal under one roof. I think it's better for you both to be able to drive away and go to completely different places and in the process, experience like an elevator in a different building and go out into the world and have like a bad experience at Starbucks. And when you're married and pandemic and whatever's happening and you have a baby that you're, you know, we're both very hands on with him. Um, you know, you can't the, all of that stops getting dressed up stops. So like it affects our relationship. Yeah, I would rather not work together. I think it would be like cute to be away. But anyway, we're thank God we talk so much shit to each other all day and laugh and make fun of each other and have so much fun. They're like, anytime someone does come into our house and like visits, they're like, you guys are like, I would pay you to be able to hang out with you guys because they just have fun watching us like talk shit and drag each other. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> what was the decision to not have like a nanny or help in the household? Was that something you guys like talked about and like didn't want to do at all? Is it something you're still considering? Um, basically, yes, it was a discussion. We, Tommy was like, I don't want someone else taking care of our kid. And I said, I don't want someone else taking care of our kid. And my mom is not really an option because she's not like close enough and she will not, she'll like chase her dog who is um, a 16 year old Pomeranian named Ziggy, which is my dad's dog originally. And I'll be like, mom, you just left the human baby to like follow the very adult dog. Like, which one are you looking after? Yeah. So like, we don't have the trust of like being able to do that. So basically, yeah, we just have um, like a system and he's in preschool for, 
couple of hours in the morning, which is really helpful. But um, yeah, like during like if we're filming and it's like a very, very intense schedule like that, we would have had we would we did have someone um, that was here and part of our life on a full time basis during filming, which is because you absolutely can't wipe your ass when you're filming. Well, yeah. And then I would, I know that there are certain like, um, like legal issues with having kids on set. Like they're only a certain amount of time they're allowed to like be working with child labor laws. So I would imagine that that also, you know, makes it tough too. Yeah. Plus they don't want to film with him. People are like wanting to film uh, like my stuff with my friends and my family and what I'm doing outside of the kiddos. So like, yeah, he definitely um, in his at that stage in his life when he was very very young he would have needed a nanny at that point in time and like you know listen we're all here to learn from each other right right so um when we start filming again very soon um <laughs> i will we'll see what happens because every age is a different phase for the child and he for instance might have like a really good time at preschool and be able to stay there. And then um, things change. So like, that's why like moms have to stick together and keep their head on a swivel because things are always changing. I would imagine. Yeah, no, I would imagine. And you guys doing that, doing it on your own, I would imagine poses a lot more challenges. Um, What is going on with Shaw's like are you so you said that we're gearing up soon like how are you and the rest of the gang we saw you guys at the reunion um obviously there was a lot of heat around Paulina um Gigi was kind of fired up things between you and Reza were a little spicy how are things now yeah that was that was difficult to like whenever I was watching like the Golnessa and Paulina stuff it was honestly so painful because I don't want to see them fight ever at all. I, all I wanted to see was like the opposite, just like yeah. crying it out, hugging it out and um, moving forward. Um, but Golnessa has a really unique way about like how she could, how she sees loyalty. So her whole thing when she came at Paulina was that she was, that Paulina was betraying Mike right. um, because she talked, she went outside of the relationship and talked about her stuff with, you know, destiny who isn't part of like, you know, so like I understand what Vanessa says, but also like the amount of pain a girl goes through, a woman goes through when she has to discover like text messages between her man you know, and they're all in and they love each other and the kids are attached and it's been number of years. And like, so Paulina was obviously hurting so, so much, you know, just sitting there very, very brave for a very long day. Right. They spent the most amount of time asking Paulina questions of the, like the whole day. Yeah. She was definitely grilled at that reunion, but I mean, it made for one good reunion. We were riveted on the edge of our seats. And congrats on the 10-year anniversary. That's got to yeah. feel like such a huge milestone considering, you know, I think it's brought a lot of, you know, positive attention to the Persian culture. Exactly. Because where I grew up, 
was um, the type of small town where I was the only Persian. And then I came to Beverly High because my dad moved us out to California over the summer between like ninth and 10th grade. And then it was like Persian graffiti in the bathroom walls. And I was like, what? (laughs) There's graffiti in Farsi at my high school. And it was very like, it was very much like, um, like um, what's clueless, you know, where it's like half Persian, half American and or, or um, there's also like, I don't know, it's just wild. So um, here's the deal. It is really difficult to be a brown girl in America where there are certain areas where you very much feel a presence of like, I don't have blonde hair, fair skin and blue eyes. And um, it was so hard to like always as a kid when you're trying to like be comfortable and you should be a child and you should be focused on being doing things that kids do. But instead I was thinking, I was like really hyper conscious of, um, the other things like the aspects of culture and, um, just the way I look different. So like, it was a lot of awkward, uncomfortable stages in my young life. And then now I'm, you know, representing the middle East, you know, like where, that, for instance, dispels a lot of the myths that you obviously know. Like, um, but you know what it is for me, Zach? When I see the 10th anniversary, yes, it's incredible for Persians to be on television redefining what people's perception is, but also like being part of the beginning of body positive movement and being, you know, a thick girl that's full of confidence out in front of it, wearing what she wants to wear, short cut off Levi's and, you know, living her best life. That to me is also a really big part of um, what I got to contribute to an already Persian, you know, amazing groundbreaking thing. So I loved sharing all my problems, all my issues and fertility and finding love and all of those things were so important to also be so out in front of when other people were like not able to share that. So now here we are, where are we with like, people don't hide their fertility journey so much anymore. It's not, there's no stigma. Yeah. How are you and Reza doing? Good. Good as in he might be seeing baby sham soon. I think so. I hope so. I'm very um, optimistic. My father like created a very, very, hope like I, he might like, yes, I want to be the most hopeful, optimistic person that we can, um, get to a place where that's just normal hanging out with champs and getting the family together. What are the steps between where we're at and how we get there? Between them, you know, Tommy and, uh, Reza can discuss, like, I don't, for me, like, I'm just, happy for where I'm making my way back with Reza and I being um, like in such a good place versus such a bad place. Yeah. And then, you know, if if I can, like, I just, they're both so sensitive and one is my husband and one is my friend of 30 years. And they're both like, I almost feel like I have to like go like this. You guys take it. Yeah. You guys talk about it when you want to, how you want to. And yeah, but as far as Reza and me, it's like, 
it's good that we're, you know, being, being, um, in a bad place takes up way too much like negative space in your head. Yeah. Has the restraining order been dropped? Um, (laughs) I think it's, I think it's actually in the works. So it might've already been, it's one of those things that's like, um, a long process in the court. So that's why I laugh because they've wanted to, and then it gets lost in like bureaucratic mail. So I, I don't, I don't even know, maybe it has, and I just haven't gotten an update. So are you like, I'm done being stuck in the middle of this. I love you both. You both are such an important part of my life. And like, I can't be, you know, the person that's torn in this tug of war. And you're kind of just letting the two of them hash things out in their own time. I think that is like bullseye. Yeah. Thank you for answering a difficult question for me. <laughs> because like, well, yeah. Well, I know when I had Gigi on my show, she says that it has been a little contentious and that like she feels like sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you just change your mind, you know, when it comes to Reza. Do you have any response to that? Like, are you hot and cold with him? I don't think that's, I, I wouldn't characterize it that way at all. You know, when, if Golnessa, when, whenever she did come on your show and um, talk with you, um, that sounds without hearing it, like she and I weren't in a good place. So like, however, if she wants, if, if, if that, I think it doesn't really, it makes it sound like I'm, I have emotional responses arbitrarily. So let's, let's talk about it. What is the, what is the context? She said, I wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Give me context. Yeah. So this was during the, I believe it was around the time when the reunion was airing. And, um, she said that the, the restraining order hadn't been dropped yet and that leaving the reunion, it looked like you and Reza were headed towards a good place. But I guess after you had wrapped the reunion, it seemed like things were still a bit rocky. But we, yeah, like during the reunion though, not after. So like during the reunion, we, I started to talk about things that were important for me to move on during the reunion. I was bringing up things to me that I needed to bring up in order for us to move forward, Reza and me, in order to move past it. Like, this is what I need to be able to say. And those things, he didn't want it to be brought up. For him, it was like, wait, I can't believe we're talking about this. I'd rather move forward without talking. So um, at that moment, during the reunion and days after, Golnessa and Reza were close, not so much at all me and Golnessa, Golnessa and I. So I don't think what anything that she would say at that time is going to be fair because she was just very much like caught in the moment. Say that again. And she was very caught in the moment of the emotion of what was playing. I just feel like she was, no, I just feel like she was just going to side with whatever Reza wanted because she just felt an alliance with him at that time, Mm. which isn't where we are now at all. Like with my history with Golnessa is that I'm like, she always saw me as her big sister. I always saw her as an equal. So she wanted me to be very like, in my opinion, very much more forgiving of anything that she did in the relationship that might've been hurtful to me, but it wasn't really like a two way street. 
because she saw me as a big sister. So maybe there's like more of a forgiving vibe with that. Whereas I was like, no, I'm accountable for what I do. You're accountable for what you do. There's, there's gotta be equality and accountability in this relationship. And so, um, whenever over the years I would try to reach out, you always think like you're reaching out and putting yourself out there more than you might actually be. So like, I was like, you know, I'm trying, but I'm only going to try so much. Right. And then, you know what I mean? You know, it's very real, very, it's just like everyone, you know, thinks, have you ever Zach picked up your phone and checked your text history with a person and then you read it and you remember it completely differently in your head. Yeah. And it's because you're caught up in the emotion. You're caught up in the adrenaline of what's happening in that moment that you are really only looking at it from your own lens and not objectively and not, you know, and then when you look back in retrospect, it's a completely different scenario. And also with text messages, like when you type something to someone, you're seeing what you're writing. And I don't know if that makes you be like, really, it's not the equivalent of a conversation with a person you're saying something that you're not saying to their face and you're not reacting in the moment. And, you know, like you can put a freaking text down and not answer it for like six hours, but you can't do that if you're talking to someone face to face. So I'm so glad that Vanessa and I are not in that place, but I don't think like what she said was necessarily shady with or without saying it. I'm just going to say, um, waking up on the wrong side of the bed though, suggests that my reactions are arbitrary, which they are not. Um, you know, if you want to measure how long Reza and I have been fallen out, just ask me how old my son is because it's that. Right. And he's going to be three this spring and three years of not being tight with somebody that you've spent 30 plus years with. And, you know, Golness is a very big part of that too, even though we've known each other still for over what, 12 plus years if not longer in her, her in my life or not in my life is really important. And what I mean by that, we're always in each other's lives, but I mean like close versus like right. having friction. Um, it weighs heavy on me always, always. Curious what your thoughts are on her latest sort of back and forth with Lala Kent. Obviously, we know Randall and Lala have, you know, split because he was cheating on her and she's been very public about that. And Golnessa's kind of had some feelings about Lala speaking out against Randall, who's the father of her daughter. Um, So Lala and I used to be much more friendly, by the way. So I'll take it a step back. And then... Lala and Golnessa did a panel at BravoCon. And then during that weekend, I think I noticed that like Lala unfollowed me and then was starting to follow Golnessa. So it felt like she switched, like why you can't, I don't know, whatever. So then fast forward to the future, to the present. Um, I don't, I don't agree at all with Golnessa's choice to get involved in the Instagram online stuff between Lala and Randall. Obviously Randall has been a nightmare to her because my nightmare has always been, and I've even told Tommy this is to be cheated on while pregnant, like all my life. That was my biggest nightmare. The like suddenly I haven't even met Tommy yet, but I was like, you're going to be this far out. And then your guy suddenly doesn't. So 
I'm obviously team Lala, not Randall on this, on their level. Why Vulnessa got involved in it. It's, it's like not, it doesn't sit well with me because they're both single moms and they're friends or maybe they're friends or maybe they're friends. And, um, she just, there was some hypocrisy in what, um, Golnessa said and taking a side with Randall. So, you know, and then at the same time, it's like, why did Lala unfollow me? I don't know. But like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, if I probably, if she didn't do that, then I would have stepped in to say something right about like in support of Lala, but like, it's also not my fight. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like people enjoy watching Bulmasa on Instagram. So (laughs) she's definitely entertaining people very, very much with her, with her very sharp tongue. Yes, for sure. Um, Rosie red 2018 wants to know why you're beefing with Heather McDonald. I didn't know you guys were beefing. Oh, we're absolutely not. You know what I think, Zach? This isn't about Heather. This is about every friendship that you have with anybody in your life. Yeah. When when your friendship is being tested by a situation, you're learning what that friendship means in general. So like if somebody decides like, oh, wow, that was something to which I can no longer like, like if you can't forgive somebody for a mistake or a misstep or whatever, that just speaks volumes for the friendship, which you thought you had. Right. And in my case, I just think like, you know, it, it, like if you get upset for something, then maybe you're just learning where you stand with each other. It's good to hear that you and Golnessa have gotten into a better place and you and Reza are in a good place. Um, I want to close out our interview with this question from Kimya in our Facebook group. She wants to know if you could give yourself any advice to season one MJ, what would that advice be? Love that question. Kimye? Is that Kimye. the name? Yes. Um, okay. So advice I'd give to my season one self, probably no. Listen, it would only be like, I would love to have like a stylist and like more glam or things like that. But, um, you know, what I brought to the show, I wouldn't really change. I mean, I obviously drank a lot more. I was like a completely different person. Um, and I definitely wasn't going into the show branding myself. So I think if I were to go into the show into reality TV now, it would be like people go into it with more of like an objective. So what you guys got from me was just like a girl doing her thing. So yeah, I think, I think my advice would be just like, make like proud of you that you were keeping it real all these years and being your authentic self. And to this day doing that. And um, yeah, like maybe a little bit more glam and a little bit more style. (laughs) Which are only lessons I think you learn, though, by going through that experience and then being like, oh, my God, what was I wearing that day? Or what was I doing with my hair? Or why did nobody tell me that, you know, that wasn't, you know, a good thing to say in my confessional? And then you learn the lesson and then you get better. Yeah, well, because it's really fun. It's like the cringy moments on TV are also really good to watch. Yeah. 
intellectual. Fun for everyone else, painful for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much, MJ. Your podcast is called Till the Dirt. You have a new YouTube channel, which is linked below that everyone can go and subscribe to. Make sure you guys hit the like button and the bell notification button. That way, every time Tommy and MJ have a new video to drop on YouTube, it gets thrown into those notifications. So you're always up to date with the latest. Anything else you want to shout out before we wrap up? Uh, No, but this was super fun. And thanks for having me. As always, we always I always have a blast with the Shaw gang. So hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. Hopefully. I mean, if you're available on April 7th, I'd love to have you come to our live show here in LA. Oh, I think it's already on my calendar. My husband put it on. <laughs> I love it. Well, we'll get to we'll, I'll get to see you and we'll get to hang out then April 7th at the Bourbon Room. Adam Newell and I are hosting a live taping of my podcast and his show Up and Adam Live. We have Tom Sandoval, we have Tom Schwartz, we have Sheena Shea and Brock Davies, all who are going to be in the show. So get ready. It is going to be a very fun night. It is sold out or else I would tell you guys to buy tickets, but you can still get tickets to our show in Nashville and New York, April 13th and April 28th. Stay tuned. We have lots of exciting announcements to come in these final weeks before the tour, guys. So get ready. Go to SpillingTeaLive.com. And if you want to stock up on the wine, go to NoFilterWine.com. MJ, where can we follow you on all of the social meds? Mercedes Javid. There you go. Mercedes Javid. You can follow me at Just Plain Zach or follow the show at no Filter with Zach. And get ready. There's more tea to be spilled. I will see you for Thursday Night Live. And we have a lot of tea to dive into. So... Get ready, and I will talk to you then. Love you. Mean it. Bye.